This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. I'm overwhelmed with Steelers topics right now. There's, There's too lot. many of them. We have, what, 28 minutes in an episode at the most to get to them, and I, I just don't know how we're going to do it. There's so many things I want to talk about, so... Why don't I let an old friend decide what we talk Uh-oh, about instead Tommy, who you of got myself. coming on the show? I wrote a thousand questions last night. Yes, I wrote a thousand and one questions last <laughs> night, to be honest with you. I put one in my back pocket for a rainy day. But I put a thousand of them on the wheel. We're breaking it out. Wheel of a thousand questions. Steelers related. So many Steelers related topics on the wheel today that we're going to dive into. But oh. we don't decide what we talk about the, the spin of does. the wheel does. So why don't you, without further ado, give that baby its first spin of the day. All right, let's first find out spin. what topic do I go number one big is. one or do I save my power for... It's topic number one. I say go big. Okay, let's go big. Here we go. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That felt good. Would you switch back to Trubisky or let it ride with Kenny? This is a stupid question. That's a stupid question. It's a dumb question from the wheel. Bad question. I gave all that effort for my first spin. But boo people out there that are actually thinking about that too. Guys, this isn't about winning now. You want to win now. It's nice to win. It's always nice to win. I'd much rather win than lose, obviously. But you got to let this rookie kid grow. You have to let him have the growing pains because – that's what's going to be beneficial for you years down the road. Would mm-hmm. you rather be good in 2022? And by that, I mean like 9 and 8, 10 and 7. Not even. Like 7 the, and 10, we'll maybe. We'll say you're 10 yeah. and 7. You lose to the Chiefs in the first round of the playoffs again and by 20 points. Right, 42 to 21. And then like that. next year, you still don't know if your number one overall pick is anything or not because he hasn't had any experience. No, just play him this year. You've decided to make the switch, stick to the switch. Play Kenny, go through all of the trouble that will come with a rookie quarterback with the eye towards the next 10 years being great because of one year where he struggled. I completely agree. So even though it was my spin and I was supposed to answer, you stole the words. You stole the words. But you, I'm saying you, uh, it could have been the same answer, right? There's no reason to flip-flop here, especially when you're dealing with what could be the quarterback of your future and a guy who you brought in to kind of – Calm the tides until you really made sure the guy of the future was your guy. And all these people were saying, oh, well, Mitch Trubisky looks really good off the bench. So why don't you just kind of use it as like a baseball team? You start Kenny and then you have <laughs> Mitch come in relief. That's that's never going to work in the NFL. It never has. It never will. Kenny's just ha- – it's tough. It's a tough pill to swallow. Two touchdowns to seven interceptions. How many touchdowns? That's your thing. Two tutties. <laughs> that's a bad two tutties. That's that, a bad two tutties and three full games played. Uh, seven interceptions sounds even worse when you look at three games played, considering three interceptions two different times. But that's that's the growing pain. I mean, again, you and I are not saying, oh, well, Peyton Manning, his rookie year, threw 20 touchdowns to 27 or 20 interceptions. It's going to happen again here with Kenny. That's not what we're saying. Just you know, the, the touchdowns part of that was a part of Peyton's rookie year, too. I don't know if Kenny's going to get to 25 or whatever it was. Like People always like to say a lot of interceptions. He threw a lot of, he threw a lot touchdowns. of touchdowns, too. So No, that's a great point. But we're not saying just because he's struggling means, oh, he's the next great quarterback to come out of the gates. No, it's not going to happen. Uh, it's just 
I'm not saying Kennedy's not going to be the next great. It's just you can't draw that parallel there. No, you can't. I, I agree. But I, I think to answer the, the to answer the question simply, no. There's no need to flip-flop between quarterbacks. Let Kenny ride it out. Let him go up against this tough Eagles defense. Learn mm. against the best. And then you have two weeks to prepare for a very bad. I I, I don't think there's any sugarcoating that's necessary here. The Saints are a bad team. They're on pretty, on they're par two, with the Steelers. Two and five. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying the Steelers are world's better, but the Saints and Steelers are both not great It's teams. a winnable game. I yeah. wouldn't be surprised if the Steelers are like a two-point favorite or something like that in this game. Or it's even a pick em, Yeah, something yeah. like that. So... Yeah, it's going to be a tough game against the Eagles for sure, but Kenny's had his fair share of tough games since handing the reins of starter to him. Mm -hmm. I don't think it can get much worse than what happened in Buffalo. So, I mean, you got that going for you, which is nice. A little rock bottom already being hit. Yeah. This is a very tough defense that, of course, in the next episode we'll get into more. Uh, They take the ball away better than anybody else. So that secondary versus Kenny Pickett is something that's a little nerve-wracking, but that— it's part of the growing pains again, mm-hmm. you know. That's learning that you can't get the ball over that defensive back's head in the NFL because he's not playing at Georgia Tech anymore. He's playing for the Miami Dolphins. There's a huge difference. It's it's all about that learning curve, and you just kind of have to swallow your pride a little bit if you're a Steelers fan and recognize that there's going to be games like Miami where you're going to be sitting there going, if Mitch played, we might have won, probably would have won that game. That might be true. But it's not what's important right now. I completely agree. Let's spin it again. All right, second spin. Be- because this the first wheel better spin, be better this time. This first spin really let me down here. I'm gonna go with a not as enthusiastic effort here. So here we go. So Vulcan. So Vulcan again. This is a good one. Okay. Cool. Should Jalen Warren start taking more carries away from Najee? That's a. That's. Not only a good one, but it's, it's good because it's a tough question It's a to tough answer. question, and it's relevant, unlike that last dumb right, question that, that's that we just, asked. That's just Pittsburgh fans Seriously. being complete, the most indecisive people on the I planet. I must have been half asleep when I wrote that one. I might say no to this. Okay. I think it's kind of the same thing with Kenny, where you really just have to see what Najee can do for you. I know we're entering week eight now, and the numbers aren't great. And if the trend continues after the bye week, maybe he needs that extra week to get better to really to give that foot a or to give that foot a little break. Uh, but Thomas has put his chips into the center of the he's injured table, and I'm riding with that for the rest of the year because I can't, I except, can't accept yeah. that he's not going to be a good NFL running back after what we saw his rookie year. Yeah, you really don't want it to be the Trent Richardson. No, story, don't even right? say that it's, word. It's don't even say that it's word. Horrible, Trent Richardson people... averaged under four yards per carry in his best year ever. Don't ever say that. It's Stop horrible. it. It's a horrible comparison. Najee three point nine last year. Stop. <laughs> Stop. We're not doing that. But seriously, my. I mean, they, so they both I, so to, I think did they both go to Alabama. Oh my they god. Both, they both oh did go to Alabama. God. Didn't they also both? Uh, well, Trent won the highest. Oh my god. Anyways, uh, I think I want to ride here with Najee because. It's kind of like a confidence thing with the quarterback. If you pull Najee, and you're not going to be saying, well, Jalen Warren's going to start against the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, yeah, it's not Eagles. a pull Najee. It's just, uh, you know, maybe 15 carries instead of, like, four. Mm-hmm. What, you're saying for Jalen Warren? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you ramp his numbers up, and you maybe tone Najee's down. I would say also, too, though, on the on the opposite side of things, if you want to make that argument, 
if he is injured, then don't risk any further injury. Well, give, that's give I... Jalen Warren the ball more, and then give Najee that break so that maybe when next time he goes out on the next series, his foot's feeling a little bit better. Well, that's a question that I have you, too. Yeah, go ahead. It has to be a matter of he's injured, but it's or he's hurt, not injured. Where he's not going to re-injure it, or he's not going to aggravate it more. And the doctors are saying, "You can play through this. It's going to be painful. You're not going to be yourself, but there's just no chance you're going to make it any worse." Mm-hmm. That that has to be the case, or else they wouldn't be playing him like this. If he if he could risk. You know, an even worse injury that would keep him out for they this would not year allow him and to have a rehab there. summer. They would not allow him no. to be out there as much as they have been and giving him the ball as much as he has been. So the injury thing, I think, has to be something that's just a lingering thing that's bothering him. But it can't be something that you'd circle as a doctor and say, five more hits to this leg and it could you're really done. snap. Yeah, so they, I would just that would be malpractice to play him at that point. And I don't think so that so there's that where he's not he's not so injured to the point where it could get worse. It's just it's hindering him and his abilities slightly. And I believe that he's not going to fall off the face of the earth or fall off a cliff after that rookie year because you see splashes. Like that spin move he had against Miami this past weekend. There was one run where he got five yards before contact, and then to get the first down, he just ran through three guys and got to the first down plus. So I do think that he is capable. We've seen him do it. We saw him in the preseason hurdle that one guy, and everyone said, well, that was awesome, but not to do it in the preseason, I mean, do it in the regular season. He's, of course, capable. He ran for 1,000 yards That's what I'm saying year. is that I don't believe that he is falling off this cliff, that he will never reach his rookie year numbers again. And I agree with your original answer to the wheels question. I would not start giving Jalen Warren more carries yet. Maybe if this continues mm-hmm. five more weeks from now, again, maybe you start pushing him in a little well, bit more. So maybe, I mean, we're so far into the season now. We're in week eight. So by week 13... If Najee's not feeling it, then maybe you start to get Warren a little bit more involved. But again, but for again, more of an eye towards the future, not for right now. Exactly. If it's week 13 and Najee's still not looking great and the team is floating around four wins, five wins at that point, then there's no reason, no to, reason just, not to There's no reason to kill him. And, and, and maybe, even though that based off of our logic, that they wouldn't put him out there if there was a significant risk of further injury. But at that point, at week 13, he's been playing on it for 13 weeks. Maybe you say, okay, we're not going to make it to the playoffs this year, so let's just start to reel it back for Najee and and make this offseason, this approaching offseason, that start of it, a little bit easier for him. Give that baby a spin. All right. How am I feeling? How am I feeling? Long drag there. Yeah, geez. Wow, man. You feeling okay? Wow, man. Your arm hurting a little bit? A little bit. All right, which of these two players on defense in a contract year has impressed you the most, Devin Ooh. Bush or Terrell Edmonds? Terrell Edmonds, and I don't think it's very close. Uh, again, we've seen splashes from De- Devin Bush, right, the, the pass breakup against Tampa Bay. But Terrell Edmonds, I think, has had – I mean, yeah, he's dropped a couple of interceptions. There was the one against Miami that everybody remembers – uh, but the job that he did in against Tampa Bay was as the only real starter who was left out there with just a bunch of backups really impressed me. And I do think that 
it was the right decision by the Steelers to not exercise that fifth year option, but he's showing you that he can be a team player. That he doesn't have to be to the level of Megan Fitzpatrick, but he's so good at just being a, a safety blanket for the rest of that secondary alongside Minka. I think there's no question. Even though I think Devin Bush has played well, has played well, not a hundred percent great. But, well, a lot better than people were saying that he could have done given his efforts in training camp and practice. But I think Terrell Mans right now is having the better season of the two. Yeah, I think they're both doing well, better than anybody expected yes. either of them to do. They're not uh, They're not making that next step to to the Pro Bowl or even like an all-pro all team, but they're doing. they're both doing better. But I will say that I look at Devin Bush and I say, yeah, it's surprising that you're doing better than expected, but I still don't know if you've really earned that that contract, that yeah. second contract. I think Terrell Evans has. I think he has. I don't I want to not bring him back next year. Mm-hmm. I think that he's ex- he has shown how valuable he is to this defense uh, through his absence this year in a game or two. When he left the Jets game, they were a nightmare in the secondary in that second half when Zach Wilson came back, and then we all know what happened in the Bills game. I mean, I'm not right. saying Terrell Edmonds being out there would have fixed anything, but you know, maybe he takes a different angle on Gabe Davis on that first but play. You, you and, just and see the him. difference between yeah, maybe Terrell has Trey Norwood lined and up Trey in a Norwood. better spot. Yeah. Like, and even though he dropped that interception against Miami, I, I still think he played a really good game. I think he had the secondary lined up the way that it needed to hit between him and Minka. There was no real breakdowns communication-wise. I mean, Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill were as shut down as you can hope Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill to Mm -hmm. be. So despite the Butterfingers, the secondary played well in that game, and Edmonds has really emerged as just such an important piece to the puzzle that I'm looking at this offseason and I'm saying, you can't afford this guy to not be in your secondary because, A, you don't have anybody obvious behind him that can come in and step up. Now, we'll see. If KZ comes back, we'll see. Mm Mm-hmm. But I want all three of those guys. Sure, why not? And and that's what the plan was at the beginning of the year, and it wasn't able to come to fruition because of injury-slash-suspension on KZ's part. But I I do not want to go into 2023, 2024, 2025 and not have the Edmonds and Minka package in the safety spot because, again, I think Edmonds has just proved his value so much, more than he ever has uh, in his career this year in 2022. I think he's having his best career as a Steeler and I think it's it's worthy of that second contract. So I would I would give it to Edmonds. Still a little hesitant on Bush, though. But again, Bush has played better than I thought. Bush has played better. I think the priority, if you have to choose between the two of them this offseason, right? If you can only if your capital or dra- if your if your cap only allows you to sign one of the two, I think the priority has to be Edmonds. I agree. Of those two, yes. Yeah, I, I, of those two. Right. I want Edmonds It's not going to come down to, do you pick between these two guys? I don't think. But if it does, I'd go Edmonds. Give it a all rip. right. All right. These are two good do questions. So I'm ready. Do you I'm need ready. to ice your arm down? Or? No, I'm just saying I okay. feel better now for the wheel. I trust that I'm going to give it my all now that it's showed me that it's got good questions. Ooh. Whoa. I'm nervous. Last time you spun it this fast, it was a terrible question. On a scale of one I to love ten, scales. how love scale surprised questions. are you by the play of the offensive line so far this season? About a 30. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't the question on the wheel, Jacob. You can only go to 10. If I if I were to be realistic here, I'd probably say nine. I'd say eight. 
Yeah. So right in that neighborhood. Yeah, right in that neighborhood. You don't want to be saying, oh, it's the best offensive line in football. No, 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 no. But I, I'd go nine just because it really was. It's in relativity to what your expectations was for them, not yes. where they are around the league. No, but I mean, that that could that's a contributing factor, though. They It was an atrocious line last year. Let's not forget how many pieces the Steelers tried to plug in there at various times and the, the worries that Kendrick Green was going to be a bust and, and that was supposed to be your guy that you filled in right behind Marquise Pouncey and it's not working out. I mean, when was the last time we talked about Kendrick Green on this show, Tom? Probably since training camp. And that stings because you did use some draft capital Yeah, on you him. did, but he's still now available to you. Not in the capacity that you thought he would be as the third round draft pick uh, as an offensive lineman, but we know that we know the narrative. The Steelers have not used a first or second round draft pick on an offensive lineman since 2012 when they drafted David DeCastro. So, okay, this was the highest that you've gone since then, but it's not the first round draft pick or even a second round draft pick. It was a third round draft pick in Kendrick Green. But given that, given that you used that third-round draft pick on him and it wasn't working out and you were questioning, oh, no, what are you going to do at center? And then you went out and you got Mason Cole at center and James Daniel at guard, and you were you were seeing the, still not the chemistry that you would have liked to given the veteran leadership brought by those two in training camp this summer, there were worries. There was a lot of worry, especially because how if you if people remember how training camp unfolded, the offense really struggled in that first week. The defense was absolutely dominating the offense. The offense could do absolutely nothing. The offensive line was allowing all kinds of pressure. Both Mitch Trubisky and Kenny Pickett were struggling so much so that people were saying, oh my goodness, is Mason Rudolph going to start this season? Because he was having the best week of the three. And as time progressed, the offensive line seemed to gel. Not 100%. didn't look great. If you remember the preseason games, I believe against Jacksonville, there were a couple of sacks in there that didn't look too great by the offensive line's protection. But I'll just I'll, I'll always go back to what Max Sarks always says. The offensive line on any team always needs time to gel together. And week after week after week this season in 2022, it just seems like those guys... And I think the consistency is the big thing here, is that you're not swapping guys out from certain positions, from guard to center or center to guard. You're not plugging in guys at the same, saying, okay, we'll go with Kevin Dotson on this date or Kendrick Green on this date or Trey Turner back. You remember last season, you're going with Trey Turner at points. You've kept, for the majority, the five, the same five guys out there for the entire season. So... Yeah, there, there's been some moments, and I mean, we, we knew that uh, Mitch Trubisky was taking a lot of sacks, and Kenny Pickett has to do a lot of work with his legs, but in terms of protection, and especially blocking for the run, I mean, that's kind of going on. Everyone was The crazy thing, I think, Tom, is that everyone was talking about how the offensive line wasn't the problem. It was Najee Harris's direction yep. that he was choosing to go in that was the problem for the run game. That's why he was struggling, not because of the blocking, so I, I'd, I'd say it's around that 8 or 9 range in terms of how su- pleasantly surprised I am. Yeah, I'm right around that same spot, too. I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to form the the necessary shapes with my mouth and tongue to say this, but offensively, the offensive line's kind of a str- <laughs> The offensive line's kind of a strength. <laughs> the offensive line's kind of a strength. Oh, it was, it like, it was like Jim Carrey and Liar Liar. It kind of is, though. I don't think there's any strengths on the offensive side of the ball right now. 
But like that's the one thing you don't really worry about. I know because the quarterbacks have been turning the ball over. The wide receivers drop it every once. Wide in a while. receivers drop it. The running it. backs don't hit the right holes. Right, but the offensive line has been kind of doing its, its job. Kind of doing its job. Not kind of. It's been doing its job. It, I mean, it, you got to give it credit. It's been doing its job for real. It is nowhere near the reason why you point to and say this is the offense under the people that say it's the offensive line. Are the people that are holding on to narratives from the beginning of the year and still applying them now? Who don't even who don't really watch the football the way you're supposed to, right? You, they just see, oh, if it's a sack, it's a, it's, it's the offensive line's, line's fault. fault. If it's a if it's a run from one yard or or stuff to the line, oh, it's the offensive line's fault. Give me a spin. But you you stay with me, right? Yeah, In that eight, eight nine, nine yeah, neighborhood. That's where I'm at. Okay, cool. All right, all right, all right. Here we go. Here we go. No whammies. Okay. Will Deontay Johnson have 100 yards receiving in a game this year? Yes, 100%. Oh. I, I don't think a, a receiver as talented as Deontay can't reach that mark at some point in a 17-game season. Yeah, he was close against Cleveland, right? He that was the one 80, game, 84. Uh, he had about 84 yards in that game. So he's flirting around it there. He's gonna get. He's gonna there. get it at least once this year. I mean, maybe against the Panthers, the Saints, the Falcons. It could be against the Eagles. It could be against the team that you just you could. You never know, against, right? I mean, it's very upsetting to be what seven games now into the season yes. and to still not have to him eclipse that, that century mark. And in fact, it's Pick Pickens is the only one to do it, right? Because Claypool's big game was like ninety-four yards. Yeah, and I don't think Pat's gotten there either. No, Pat's big game was like 80 yards as Something well. Like so that. it's been only Pickens, only Pickens to cross the century mark. And only, and only Pickens to score a touchdown. And Claypool. Receivers. Oh, that's right. Claypool caught one too. Claypool got it first. That's right. Claypool got it first. There there are chances, right? You have the Saints, uh, you have the Colts, the Falcons. I mentioned the Panthers. The Falcons, the Falcons are, uh, especially with their star cornerback out, abysmal in this. I mean, Joe Burrow reigned holy hellfire down mm. on them all game. The Raiders long. as well. I mean, you have chances. It's going to happen. He's too good of a receiver yeah. to not have That's it happen. That's what I'm saying. It's it's unfortunate because you you did just go out and you paid him that contract. But I don't think that you could be as talented as he is and not reach that mark. That's not a hard mark to reach, especially in this day and age in the NFL when receivers do it left and right every week. Yeah, and I expect him to see more production in the yards after catch game as well. I agree. Because I think, really it, I think that, that's where it can come from. That's where it should come from. That's what his bread and butter has been. And the fact that he's been one of the worst with yards after catch so far this year is is disappointing. But again, something that you hope he will bounce back from. I think we got time mm-hmm. for two more spins. Okay. So let's give me one. Let's give me one quick, quick one. Quick one. Quick one. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. What do you got? What do you what? got for me? What the? How, oh. did, how did this oh, sneak no. in here? <laughs> oh, no. Who will bounce back more, Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers? Oh, we How got, in the hell did that sneak in there? That's a tough one. I think I it's going to be say, Brady, but here's why. Okay. I was going to say Rodgers. Well, I think the team around Brady's better than the team around That's Rodgers. That's true. There's more weapons on the offense. Brady is, to me, Rodgers is younger, and he's coming off of back-to-back MVP seasons. So if- <laughs> Rodgers is younger. That's a weird thing to say, but it's true. He is. I mean, yeah, he's younger than nobody else other than Tom Brady. You look at that league. guy with that gray beard that right. he has, and it's like, yeah, that guy's younger. I, I just, I understand your logic behind the Buccaneers probably as a whole can bounce back from where they are, but individually, I think Rodgers is the guy, even though Brady has better weapons. 
Do we question the hiring of Todd Bowles in Tampa Bay yet? A hundred percent. I don't. Guy think he has can. not had a good track record as a head coach Ever. in the NFL. And the Jets has been now, a really good defensive coordinator in the yeah, NFL. Yeah, I think that's what he's, what he's meant to be. And yep. I I mentioned this to you, Tom, the first week of the season when. I believe it was Tampa Bay and Dallas on that opening Sunday night game mm-hmm. of week one. Tampa Bay won, like, what, the 19, 19 to, three to 6 or something? Or something? Yeah. yeah. And I remember Todd Bowles being interviewed either as halftime was starting or ending, and I just said to myself, this guy does not seem, like, invested as a head coach. He seems like a guy, the, the questions that, was, that were being asked were, head, were questions for a head coach, but the answers seemed like they were coming from a coordinator. He just didn't seem like he was really the leader of that team. Sometimes you're just meant to be a coordinator yeah. and not a coach, and I think we've and some, seen that with Tom Bowles. And, too, when you're playing with Tom Brady, yeah. sometimes you just need someone to take that position and just do with it what you will. You're not really the head coach. You're just the guy that is called the head coach, but Brady's the one who's leading that team. And Brady's always surrounded himself with really good offensive minds. Yes, Brady mm-hmm. has been the main oh, driving yeah. uh-huh, force to uh-huh. the offenses, oh, but yeah. McDaniel knew how to use Brady the right way in New England and knew how to accentuate some of his – he's a lot of strengths, but accentuates these strengths here or call on this strength here. Uh, he knew how to run a game plan for Brady. Arians, the same way. And even though they didn't get along necessarily, Brady and Arians – Arian's one of the great offensive minds in the NFL and was able to really help Byron Leftwich devise great game plans for Brady. Now it's just Byron Leftwich and Brady with a defensive head coach. And I'm sure Leftwich and Brady have a nice rapport together and they can draw on some of their experiences in the past couple years, but it ain't, you know, hard to tell that the offense just looks completely different with Arians being taken away oh, yeah. from the equation. I couldn't agree more. All right, one more spin. We got right, one more go, spin. Here we go. Here we go. I hope it's a steal. I don't have that brain. Weird. <laughs> Didn't you write these? Oh, my God. What a poetic <laughs> ending from the wheel. Will the Steelers hand the Eagles their first loss of the season and allow Larry Zonka and the 1972 Dolphins to pop that champagne, baby? I'm going to say. You want to say yeah? I want to say yeah. 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 I think it's a no. They're just too good. They're really good. I mean, they are, as we've said on this show many times throughout the season, one of the most well-rounded teams in the league. Jalen Hurts is playing like an MVP. The defense is great at every level. And we know how, I mean, we just talked about the Steelers' offensive line. That's probably the best offensive line of football right now. That's why Jalen Hurts is probably having such a great year. It's just from top to bottom, it's a great year. Coming off of a bye. At yeah, home. Right, you have, yeah. They're relatively healthy. The Steelers also do not win in Philadelphia. They just don't. They never do. We'll get more into that, mm-hmm. including the amazing streak that Philly has in the link against the Steelers in our next episode when we dive headfirst into the Philadelphia Eagles, break them down for the game on Sunday. Subscribe to the Mike Tomlin Game Day podcast. Steelers Digest editor Bob Labriola talks with head coach Mike Tomlin about the upcoming game. New episodes drop every game day, and it's available on the Steelers mobile app, the iHeartRadio app, and wherever you get your podcasts. Like I said, diving into the Eagles in our next episode, an in-depth look on their offense and their defense and what to expect from the undefeated birds on Sunday. He's Jacob Brecht. I'm Tom Opperman, and this is the Steelers Standard.